you are listening to the TN Horror Podcast Network. Horror with a sense of humor. You see, Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. Messenger of God, you're doomed if you stay here. What's up, guys? Welcome in to another episode of It's a Horror Podcast. My name is Wes. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's your boy, Kevin, from Big Kevin Rescue. That's going to be Hell my yeah. new thing now, by the way, if anyone's wondering. <laughs> Let's say that's going to be a staple from now on. All right, cool. Well, let's go. Now, now, now does that come from the uh, the Tiger King thing? Of course. Yes, sir. I have not seen that before, so I don't, I'm out of that. Oh, so my know. God. You Okay, after this episode, you are going and watching it. I, I just don't have the desire to. I all right. I, I guess I'll I'll, See, I'll do it. Okay, I'll, listen real quick. I I had no desire. Right. My one friend was like, "Hey, you gotta check this out." I was like, oh, "Dude, it looks so stupid." So I put I it on because I could not find anything else to watch, and I literally watched the entire thing in one <laughs> night. Like I just couldn't stop. Well, okay, I didn't watch really? the last episode. I'm I'm a liar, but no, yeah, it, it's great. It's surprisingly good. All right, all right. I I might have to put that on tonight. We'll see. I was going to try to watch something tonight I haven't seen before, but well, I guess that definitely is something I've seen before. So, all right. Well, anyway, back to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> little tiger, little tiger tangent there. Um, yes, welcome into this next episode. Our first one was, of course, John Carpenter. Um, that's that was a good one to start off with. I think real strong, and I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, but now tonight, I think we're going to get into a more current director um, and someone that we really owe a lot of our success to um i'll let kevin get more into that in a second but our next director is eli roth um so kevin do, tell us a little bit more about eli roth so what in terms of kind of the way our podcast runs we had a lot of heavy influence from eli roth's series it was called history of horror right mm-hmm yeah, so yep. and that was actually before we formulated this podcast. A little fun fact: we kind of talked about that we wanted to kind of do episodes based on specific genres, just like his show did. And that's kind of we took that and ran with it in our first ep- uh, our first season. Every episode we did was on ghosts, uh, demons, um, you know, buttholes, and so on and so forth. But <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> that's a secret episode only available to the patrons. All right. Um, yes. Yeah. Seriously, go check that out. <laughs> All right, let's let's break into Eli Roth here though. You want to play the music? Yeah, let's do it, man. Here we go. All right. Mr. Eli Raphael Roth was born in April 18th, 1972. So, that's right around actually when we're recording that this this is tomorrow. Yeah, there so, you go. Nice. Yes, by the time you guys are listening, happy late birthday. Um, yes. Born in Newton, <laughs> Massachusetts, for all you Massachusettsettes. Well, I don't know what Massachusettsettes, uh, whatever y'all Massachusetts? are called. Massachusettsettes? Yes, something like that. Um, so, <laughs> Mr. Roth it has director credit for seven films, producer credit for 38 films, and an actor credit in 32 films. So. God. Before formulating this episode, Wes and I were just kind of thinking of directors. We were like, let's do Eli Roth. And then once kind of 
plans came into fruition, we were like, shit, he's only directed seven films, you know? Cause, like, you just think that he's done more just because mm-hmm. his producer credits alone far outweigh that. So we're yeah. we're cheating a little bit today. We're going to include films he's produced as well. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we'll talk about that kind of as they come up. Maybe we'll talk about none of them. Maybe our top five won't include any of his produced films, but we shall see. Um, let's break out some fun facts about this guy, right? So... His debut film, Cabin Fever, released in 2002, um, is actually based on kind of an experience that he had. He went to Iceland and contracted a case of flesh-eating disease. And, yes, it's worth noting that the shaving leg scene in the bathtub oh, was based oh. off of him actually shaving his face and actually no. part of his face coming off. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, oh, beauty is in reality, God. I suppose. Dude, that's that scene to me, dude. I can't. Like, I was I was watching it. I was funny because I was, I was texting and I was like, "Oh my god, this scene kills me!" I can't even watch it. Like, I turned it off. And, you know, people laughing at me. I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, oh that's my god, shit, dude. it's gross. That fucks me up, dude. Oh my god. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Our boy is deathly allergic to kitty cats. Uh, he cannot even be in the same house as them. If you can Damn. believe that or not, I know it's 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 funny. You can formulate all these like really fucked up scenarios. Like you know, I'll, I'm gonna go through the filmography, but you know. In a second, um, mm-hmm. he was voted most fit director in the June slash July 2006 <laughs> issue of Men's Fitness magazine. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, wait, wait, who's number one? Who was number one? He was voted. He was voted most fit. So he was. Oh, he, well, okay, so, okay. So what well, was number two then? I have no idea. I did not look into it that much. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Man. I, I would have I found all that shit out. Like the top five, man, easily. Well, oh, yeah. so next episode, top five most fittest directors. <laughs> Yeah, you'll have to look up that whole list, and uh, you'll have your own little fun tonight. Um, <laughs> exactly. He is actually red, brown, and blue-black colorblind in low light as well. Oh, very interesting. So I'm, I know I imagine kind of filming horror films how hard that would be, you know, in like darker areas. I feel like brown and reds would be really tough. So kind of very interesting. Um, his favorite movie of all time is Cannibal Holocaust, which was released in 1980. That was directed by a man named Ruggiero Diodato, who appears in Eli Roth's film, Hostel Part 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cool little tie-in. Um, and the last little tidbit I got for you is, in addition to English, Eli Roth can speak French, Italian, and Russian fluently. So he's a, he's a little, uh, little globally sound. Yeah, he, I mean, okay, like, a lot of people think he's a douchebag which I, I get it he's a little more on the flamboyance like the you know the the higher than everyone else mentality i guess you can look at him and think that but like i don't know man he seems like a very personal dude and like you know he's been through a lot in his life so you know, he does have the life experience to kind of back up his shit so to speak so it's like you know either love him or you hate him i i really enjoy the guy a lot so a lot of his films are very very phenomenal of course we'll get into that in a minute um but um but yeah, I I just like the dude. So sorry. yeah, I, I agree. You know, looking from the <laughs> yeah. outside in, um, his impact on horror is definitely felt. Obviously, we felt that it was worthy of being in our podcast, as if it's some fucking like thing for him, <laughs> award for him. You know, just this royalty. You're you're included on it's a horror podcast. You know, like like he's gonna yeah. fucking have it on his mantle. You know. Um, yeah, well, I mean, he called the other day and was like, hey, man, I, was, I heard you're going to be on your, on your, on your uh, podcast. Yeah. You know, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome, Shit. dude. No problem. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Before we move on, let me just kind of yes. knock out all of his director oh, notes. Go for it. 
now, uh, like we met, like we had just mentioned, uh, he has directed seven films. His debut film was uh, Cabin Fever in 2002. I'm just going to knock these out. His yeah. second film, released in 2005, was Hostel. That was followed up by Hostel Part 2 in 2007, The Green Inferno in 2013, Knock Knock in 2015, and then, weirdly enough, Death Wish from 2018, the Bruce Willis action flick. And then, in the same year, 2018 again, was The House with the Clock in Its Walls. So that's his filmography to date. Nice, nice. Let's say that the remake of Death Wish was probably one of my favorite remakes of anything non-horror I've ever seen. Uh, Bruce Willis was amazing in that film. So, Oh, yeah, definitely. for sure. And also, yep. just a quick note, before we move on, I forgot last week until like halfway through the episode, noting, I don't know Wes's list. He doesn't know mine. Um, so we have no idea. We're going to rank the films, our top five personal films. And again, we're going to cheat and use his producer credits. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, it adds a little excitement, some jalapeno to the chili, you know, give a little burn to the top and the bottom. So <laughs> it's going to be fun. Hell yeah! Well, speaking of, speaking of burn to the bottom, uh, you know, there's, of course, there's got to be one film that's got to be not as good as the rest. So we 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 call it the shit pick. So Kevin, why don't you give us our shit pick for this week, man? Hey kids, it's time for Kevin's shit pick of the week. Wow! Don't think I didn't notice that beautiful segue. That was good. Yeah, nice, nice. All right, I hate to do it to him. Shit pick's got to be Green Inferno. Really? It's got to okay. be. Okay. Um, All right. Okay. I, when I first watched this film, I loved it. When I first watched this film, I didn't see all the previous kind of cannibal exploitation films. I hadn't seen Cannibal Ferox. I haven't seen Cannibal Holocaust. I haven't seen Eaten Alive. Um, so that watching Green Inferno was like a real eye-opener. I was like, holy shit, like this is scary, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. But after watching a lot of those older uh, kind of cannibal films, there's a, there's a sick, realistic nature to them. Green mm. Inferno feels really tame. And again, really? that's not a knock on it. Yes. Have, have you seen like mm. Cannibal Holocaust and all those movies? Yeah, I've seen I've – seen, I've, seen, I've seen all of them, but I've seen that one before. And I've seen one of them when I can't forget what it's called. Though. Cannibal Ferox? Ferox, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that one before, but yeah, it's just – yeah. Yeah, so it just kind of after being exposed to those and then watching Green Inferno, I watched Green Inferno two nights, so I have a very fresh kind of take on it. Um, to me, this film just feels so kind of off. It's very interesting. There, the acting is just poops, like <laughs> like grade F poops. Like it's bad, man. And and I don't remember it being that bad, but like re-watch, on rewatch, it was just like holy shit. Um, there's a lot of weird character dialogue and choices. Um, obviously the dude starts masturbating in the cage. Um, there's a, there's a poop scene. Speaking of poops, that is almost comedic with the over the top farting noises. And there's just like kind of weird tone. Um, there's some comedicness to it that just doesn't kind of really work with the cannibal exploitation film. Um, it's like a, mainstream i guess cannibal film which is a great thing a lot of people will love but if you've seen like i mentioned the the original films cannibal holocaust etc etc it just comes off very kind of childlike almost not too serious but the thing that i love about this film i'll, I'll get some positives too i know everyone's out there like oh my god he hates it he hates it 
Um, I have this one ranked, I believe, maybe a 5 out of 10. So I don't hate it. I love the aspect that these people are going to kind of help out the indigenous people. So they're there for good reasons. You know, they're there to save these people. And then they well, come in contact with them, and then they fucking eat them. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, boy. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry, keep going. No, yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's just, there's a lot of, obviously, crazy deaths. Obviously, the, um, what, what was the one guy that got all of his limbs cut off? I can't remember oh. what his name was, but do you remember? Um, I don't, well, I'll find it. Uh, okay. Gosh, I'll keep talking it. about it. Was it. Jonah? It was, oh, it was Jonah. Jonah. I think it wasn't Jonah. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. Yep. Yep. That death is very memorable. Um, God. That fucked so me up memorable. when I first saw it. It was definitely like, holy shit, because he's the nicest guy. And that's why I love in horror movies is when like nice people get it coming to him because it's one, you don't expect it. And two, that's kind of realistic. You know, it's almost like a thing where just because you're nice doesn't mean good things will happen to you. And I think that's a fucked up mentality right. because you want to live life thinking, Oh, I'm doing good. Good things will happen to me, you know, karma and so on and so forth. But like, that's just not really realistic. Sometimes like sometimes shit just happens. And when, when thing shit happens in movies, it's, it's eye opening. So to see him get hacked up limb by limb and his eyes gouged out and his fucking tongue caught out. And, and he lives through all of this until they cut his head uh, off. Like it yeah. blows my mind. And, I've seen a lot of people discredit that scene because of his screams and how like comedic I guess they could be. He's 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 screaming like a little girl, um, yeah. and I don't I don't mean that in a demeaning way, but that that's how what it sounds like. And honestly, like if you're getting your eyes gouged out, your tongue cut out, your limbs cut off one by one, like I'm gonna sound like a little bitch too, straight up. Yeah, I agree completely. I can't. Yeah, exactly right. So just kind of that, that scene definitely is great. Um, there's a Dawn of the Dead helicopter head chop off kind of throwback where yeah, right, yes. right when their plane crashes, he's just walking and it just cuts off the side of his head. I'm like, oh, shit. Um, yeah, I mean. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I honestly, for this being a shit pick, I don't dislike it as much as one would expect. But in, in terms of Eli Roth's filmography, obviously, we're just judging his films today. It was just kind of my least favorite. Um I had another film I had picked for this one. I probably won't mention it for a while, maybe until the end. But just rewatching this film and just watching it, it was just like, why are the characters making these choices? Again, it's a horror movie. You could say that about every goddamn movie. But yeah. I don't know. It just didn't feel realistic. And this kind of film set out for realism, you know. So yeah. I'm guessing by your um, your tone, I'm guessing this is somewhere on your top five. Uh, maybe, maybe mm. not. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see on that one, sir. Um, well, yeah. So let's. Uh, that was an interesting take. I will just put it in my little pouch and save it for later. And uh, we'll just move along. You got damn marsupial? Our... What are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Call me Kangaroo Jack. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, let's just get into uh, to our top fives here because I'm anxious to hear what you got, especially since you had. Well, never mind. You know what? I'll just back up for a second. Let's go. <laughs> Let's get to number five here. Number five. Pancakes. Pancakes. No pancakes. Edward Salad Hands just groped Josh. <laughs> oh my God, I can smell my friend being But you know, I, I always looked at horror movies like an art form. And if you've truly done your job, people are so disturbed that they think you actually killed those people. All right, this is gonna gonna be a little surprising, maybe. I've got the house with the clock in its walls from 2018. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. Interesting. 
So the average person might not necessarily think this is so much a horror film. I do because I think it falls follows along the same lines of like Goosebumps, you know, mm-hmm. or um, t- uh, what uh, fucking uh, the scary stories to tell in the dark, you know, movie like right. it's it's horror that caters to kids that actually has some genuine kind of scares throughout. And I know Eli Roth has come out and said about this movie. He's, he said that kids can handle a lot more than you think, you know, Mm -hmm. kids are very receptive to horror. And and there's a lot of things that kids watch as a young kid that will shape what you're into, you know, like you can watch something really fucked up and then as a kid, enjoy it, you know, as a kid, you don't really think of things as, as, as real, you know, everything is kind of this, this, this fucking fantasy, um, right. So kids can handle some shit, and 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 this film I I think plays out like a Goosebumps episode, like an OG Goosebumps episode, not the not the remake. Yeah, okay, I'm, it does kind of feel like the Goosebumps with Jack Black, which interestingly this has Jack Black in it as well. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think of like what to say about this one. Obviously, it's 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 kind of catered to kids. It's family. It's got some comedic aspects, but it's got a very kind of serious undertones. Um. It's very fantasy related. The cinematography is beautiful. I love the story. It's it's just a lot of fun. I had a really good time with this one. A lot more than I thought I would, to be honest. So, a, a somewhat surprising entry to myself. Like, I was surprised when I kind of broke down all of his films. I was like, you know what? This film deserves to be talked about. And um, so, if you just kind of wrote this one off because you thought it would be too kind of childlike... Um, Maybe give it a shot. You know, you still might think it's too childish for you, but I was expecting that and I had a good time. So, you know, I, this is definitely one of those films where I would say just maybe give it a shot. Cool. I, I have not seen this one before, so I will definitely put it on my list. And uh, I may see if the kids want to watch it maybe sometime too. So, yes, yeah, so it would be a great one to watch with your kids. Perfect. All right. We may watch that tomorrow then. Excellent. Very good. Well, um, my number five pick um, is your shit pick, uh, The Green Inferno. Oh. <laughs> Okay. So well, yeah, too high. yeah, but say it's 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 not it's not great. Like great is like you know like a perfect film, but it has a lot of good stuff in it. Like I I, I see differently than you on a few things. Um, like I said, it was kind of you know it is definitely mainstream for sure. Um, but I thought it was I thought it was a very accurate telling of what kind of stuff would happen if a group of kids like went over to you know the Amazon somewhere or wherever they were. And then get fucked up. Like, I think that's very accurate. Um, I think a lot of these groups that gather on college campuses and want to change the world. I love that. I love the fervor, but they just aren't realistic about how to go about doing it. Um, I think they just have these wild dreams that they go follow. And then you hear about, you know, actually you hear some things, but a lot of things you probably don't hear because the media probably covers it up. Cause you probably don't want to hear about kids getting slaughtered in Amazon or wherever they're going to help people, you know, fix things or whatever. But uh, that's just my opinion on it, of course. Um, I will say that uh, Lorenza Izzo, I think, is who plays like the main character. Uh, I love her, by the way. She is a great actress. Uh, she's also in another film of he, that he does, Not Knock. Uh, two very different characters from those two different films. Uh, she does this very well, I, I think. She, has, she carries the an inquisitive you know, person and then she goes into this whole thing and then she kind of, you know, leads the pack so to speak um but uh i don't know i like the way it's kind of fleshed out um it starts off lighthearted, you know like you said you want to go change the world let's go you know it's heave ho let's all get in line and go fucking you know hi ho it to death um 
you know, they get to the construction site where they're supposedly stopping this rainforest from being, you know, cut down. And then they kind of bait her into, you know, almost giving her life for the cause. And then she, of course, gets pissed off about everything. They're headed back, you know, oh, we did it, you know, we did this. Da, da. And that's when the plane crash happens. And that fucking plane crash to me is intense as fuck. Like, it's, it's so, yeah, it's so detailed. Like the way that they kind of show people getting sucked out of the back and people getting hit over the head and dude throwing up all over himself. And, you know, all this stuff is just so fantastically done, I think. Um, and then, of course, you know, they crash and then they go, okay, what are we going to do now? And, you know, the the main guy's girlfriend's like, oh, you know, there's, I see someone in the wood, you know, over in the brush. Let's go. Hey, wave now. Like, come here. Help us. Fucking idiot. <laughs> you know, don't wave down the, the locals. I mean, what the hell are you doing? And, of course, everybody gets kind of, you know, shot with arrows and bullshit and uh, taken to this camp. And it, just the way they introduce the camp, the way they're on these boats and they just see all these people coming out of the come out of the woods, so to speak. And oh, it's just freaking. They're all, you know, red. And I don't know, man, that would freak me the fuck out, dude. I don't know. I'd be shit my pants left and right. Um, it's definitely terrifying. Like the aspect of it, the thought of being in their shoes is terrifying. Dude, I'm telling you, like, I, could, I don't know what I would do. I, don't, I honestly don't know what I would do in that position. I think that's why this is so scary to me for the fact of like, you put yourself in any one of those positions with those kids, you know, that are being taken to this village. You're like, fuck. Like, would you just kill yourself or would you try to make it through? Would you just be crouched in a corner somewhere? I, dude, I don't even know. But um, I don't know. And like, like this, you know, of course, Duke gets, you know, like we're talking about Jonah getting his, his limbs and everything chopped off. And the, the same way they're sitting there and he's like, I can actually smell my friend being cooked. That mm-hmm. to me is terrifying. Dude, that's just, that's brutal. That's so fucking brutal. That's that's almost in the whole level of like the baby being ground up in the witch to me. Like that's. Yeah. That gets to me, dude. That really gets to me. But um, and they come that to find out. That sparks the point. Um, would you try human meat if it was like acceptable? If it wasn't like taboo or anything, would you be interested? That's true. That also brings up another good point. Like you know, in America, we find certain things really, really bad. Like we know they're bad, but over in other countries, like those are acceptable. Those are like things you just do every day. You know, so it's mm-hmm. like you know, the great you know, good versus evil. You know, discussion. You know, what is good? What is evil? This plays right into that. Like, you know, over there, it's totally fine to cut up people. You know, but here, of course, it's the worst thing you could possibly do. So it's like, what is good? Well, I mean, anyway, that's for another whole discussion. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, even I bring that up. not even thinking of all the dicks you eat on the daily, would you try human meat? I mean, yours is yeah, it's gourmet, but um, <laughs> no, no, I would not. Just, nope, just for I the would. fact, no, just, just for the fact of what it just, uh, I can't just uh, no. Yeah, so so everyone hit us up and let us know. Would honestly, if you could try human meat and it not be weird, you're not gonna you're not gonna get in trouble. Just would you give it a shot? I I honestly I would. I mean, because yeah, it would probably taste awful because of our diets. But I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird. Dude, you're definitely weird. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Maybe I'm for sure weird. <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt about that to me that you are definitely weird. But uh, it's, it's a good way. It's, it's it's an adorable, you know, nice weird. So, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, like, it just I guess the fact of you know, like you find out that they weren't really stopping anything by going over there in the first place. They were just delaying something so some other company could come in and wipe the, uh, the forest out anyway. So it's like, see, it, it just goes back to the groups of people that go over there. Are, are they really there for the right reasons or are they there for their own personal gains? So I think they kind of get what they deserve, honestly. But, you know, I mean, some of them didn't because they really didn't know. But the ones Jonah. that did, 
yeah, exactly. Jonah did not because he told peace, me. Sweet Jonah. I know. <laughs> Goes out to you, brother. Um, yeah, you taste good. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but anyway, I won't go to. I've I've sucked this movie's dick long enough. But I I just I really enjoyed it for the fact of all the stuff it stands for. I just you know you kind of go back to the whole political thing and you know doing what's right. And I just it's just it's I think it's pretty decent. So go back and watch it if you want to watch it. Or if you haven't watched it yet. Go check it out because it is a decent film. Um, yeah. On one, so, one last footnote, actually, for that film, you were men- mentioning Lorenza Izzo, who's the lead character in this film. Right. She is actually also in The House with the Clock in Its Walls. Oh, is she really? Okay, I didn't know that. Wow, she's in a lot of And do you know why? I want to say that maybe there's something to do with uh, Eli Roth. Like She's been married to Eli Roth since 2014. There we go. That's why. That's why I said that means that sounds like, okay, very good. I can see that. Yeah. She's a very good actress. I I actually didn't know until you talked about her. When you were talking about her, I looked her up and I'm like, well, I'll be Doug Demodome, goddamn. Because it (laughs) it turns out she's 17 years younger than him. So, but the thing is, yeah, because Eli Roth was born in 1972 and she was born in 1989. I think he handles his age well. Yeah. Oh, definitely. He looks great for his age. Fucking amazing. What? Like, that makes him forty-eight. Yeah, because he's yeah older than me. Wow. That's crazy. How's he older than he me? Looks That's thirty. Older than me. He does. Yeah, I, I hope I look like him when I'm forty-eight. So it should. That's the goal. Uh, but, but did you did you say Eli Broth or Eli um, Broth? Eli Roast actually. He roast. Okay, about to say he's yes. Eli Broth sounds so delicious. I'm hungry right now. <laughs> I, I, I would shout out some Eli Broth, man. Seriously. Um, <laughs> hashtag Eli Roast. <laughs> I'm going to put that as a new hashtag in this, this list of hashtags for our show. <laughs> Eli Broth. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> let's just move on to our number four pick because, I, like I said, this is, this is getting interesting. Okay. All right. Well, here we go. Let's uh, get into our next pick. Number four. Pancakes. Edward Salad Hands just grope Josh. <laughs> oh my god, I can smell my friend being cooked. But you know, I, I always looked at horror movies like an art form. And if you've truly done your job, people are so disturbed that they think you actually killed those people. This is going to be a little surprising. I've got Hostel Part 2. Ooh, okay. Yes. All right. Very good. Now, so hear me something. out. Okay. Released in 2007, two years after the original. So hot off the heels. Um, Hostel did something in the horror genre that was kind of new. It kind of made gore porn kind of a thing. Now, it Hostel came out in 2005. The Saw, original Saw came out in 2003, I believe. So, But I wouldn't – a lot of people associate Saw with starting gore porn. And now, granted, the first film didn't really – you know, I wouldn't consider that a gore porn film. I mean, you know, some, no. some dude sledgehammers his – or fucking smashes his leg off. But I mean – other than that, Hostel literally is straight up gore porn. It, it's literally you can and okay. Part two, <laughs> the, I'm trying. I wanted to talk about part one. Part two expands upon everything that the original had. I think Hostel Part Two is one of the better sequels ever made because yeah. it expand it expands upon the whole idea. in In the original Hostel, it's just these people kind of these um, tourists. It's some country in Europe, I'm not sure, that does this. They will take people, tourists, and give them to people to torture. Now, it's not really understood. You just know that it's like big dog company or something. You know that like people can buy these people and torture them, do whatever they want to. 
Right. Um, but in the second one, you really see the process of it. You see all these wealthy kind of Americans that will literally bid on people and then be able to do whatever they want, which I also think is interesting that like, I don't want to make this weird, but like you could pay to do whatever you want to a person. And why is cutting their arm off? Like one of the things, you know, like, don't you think it could get a lot weirder? And I don't know. I don't know. That's just personally, I don't know why you would buy somebody in the first place, but if you were, why would you want to just kill them? That's, that's weird to me. Be that as it may or may not be. Um, I just think Hostel 2 really expands upon everything from the first very well. It makes it a lot more realistic, I believe. Um, again, Gore's great. Acting is you know, eh, eh. not <laughs> yeah. not great. Not the worst I've ever seen. Um, Heather Matazaro is in this film. She's also known for being in Roseanne. So there's a thing. <clears throat> um, just Hostel 2, man. I, I And that's the thing. A, a lot of these years, I loved Hostel more. I'm gonna I'm gonna shock y'all. Hostel's not in my list. Well, why don't yes. you tell us, man? Come on. Spoiler I, I, alert! Because I'm trying to tell you, I like Hostel Part Two more than the original. Okay, okay. Yeah. Hey, you made your point, sir. You made your point, sir. And anything else to add? Um, I just found out that they are located in Slovakia. So Slovakia. That's the European country. Perfect. That is a European. Yeah, you're right. That is a European country. Very good. Thanks for the geography lesson. <laughs> you know, I'm a geography well, major. It's all right. Wow. That's not like you want to, you know, check out my topography later on. Mm, nice. Well, we'll see what's going on. All right. All right. Eat some, eat some wings and uh, check out my ass. I mean, uh, what? <laughs> uh, anyway, well, it's funny you put part two at number four because I put part one at number four. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yes. Um, I okay. Spoiler alert! I'll just say now, Hostel Part Two is not on my list. So, um, yeah, just to put that out there, um, I think the first one is better than okay. The second was great. Don't get me wrong. Like you said, I agree. It's one of the better sequels of, like, of all time, honestly. But I'm, I'm all about the not knowing part. You know, like yeah, okay, so we know we know what happens, but we just don't get it expanded too far. I don't hate that part of it. I just don't. I like the fact of not knowing more. Um, because it, you know, like I said, here's, here's Eli Roth taking another situation that's lighthearted and whatever, you know, kids going across, you know, back, back across Europe, you know, that's great and all. And then it just turns into a fucking nightmare. Like it shows what a fantasy world it really is to go overseas and kind of see the world and, you know, all this stuff. And it's so great. Oh, we'll stay at these different places and be fine. You know, we'll meet all these cool people and, you know, have this, you know, exotic sex and, you know, smoke the best weed and get the, you know, the best alcohol. And, you know, this is fantastic. This is great. But then it just takes this dark turn of here's the underbelly of you know of going to somewhere you don't know where you are. Not to say that there's not places like that here in the states because I'm sure there are. I'm just saying going to a different place and you know thinking you're going to one place and you end up in a totally different place. Um, I, I think Ollie is the greatest character in these films. Like, and then he felt like he's just fucking. I mean, you know, of course my horse and you know he's just so like lighthearted and so funny. <laughs> the picture of his know, head. Headed yes, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I mean, I was like, damn. It's, it, oh, this is brilliant. I love that guy. Um, but he's just so like, just outraged. Like he's sitting there watching the two people fucking on the bed. Like the guy's like, you're in another world. He's like, this is great. I can't. I love it so much. You know. <laughs> um, and that Alexi guy too. That you know introduces him to the new hostel. That fucking kid is creepy as shit. I don't know what it's about his face, but dude, creeps matter every fucking time I see him. Um, but. Again, putting yourself into a film like this, 
as you as you might do with a lot of these films that Eli Roth has done, it just terrifies you because, like you said, like it's just, you know you're, you're spending all this money to go overseas and all this stuff happens. You know, you're all this stuff, great stuff's going on, and then it just nightmare, just fucking nightmare. Um, I don't know, just the, the whole setup of the way that they kind of you know get them to come to this high, you know, this hostel, and then the way that the hostel kind of turns stuff around to where it's like you know setting them up for ultimate failure just i think it's brilliant to me like they just i don't know just, it's just a great the way they they do that um i don't know the the gore in this is really like it's it's a gore porn for sure i think they do a, a very uh good way in the fact that they use it as a part of the story not just to show you gore but they kind of make it very pointed to show the fact of you know these kids came for fun and now they're getting fucked up like you know slowly but surely uh i like the way that you know, Jay Hernandez's character kind of, which he's great in this film too, uh, kind of gets out of his situation and then escapes. But then at the end, you know, spoiler alert, comes back and gets ultimate revenge on these fucking assholes that, you know, set him up for death, you know. Uh, just the scene in the bathroom at the end where he, you know, he throws the card on the ground and the guy picks it up and he cuts his fingers off. I'm like, yes, you know, fuck that guy up. You know, that guy's a fucking asshole. Um, but yeah, this the first one just sets a precedent for like, you know, uh, you know up-to-date horror films, I think. It kind of sets the mood because it's it's something that actually could happen in real life and probably does happen in real life. So, and, and it just it shows it in a very dark light, but also a very intriguing light, too, where you want to know more about it. So, um, yeah, that's that's my take on Hostel. And uh, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Just fantastic film. And part two as well. Both of them, just very great movies. So, Yeah, and I want to expand on your part of the whole kind of like realistic thing of it. Watching Hostel at that came out in 2005, I was 11, maybe 12 or 13 when I watched it. Yeah. It honestly kind of stayed with me. I I expect that if I again, this is no no hit on anybody that, you know, is in Europe. I know we have a couple of European listeners. Uh UK, you don't really count. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> um, but it has made me kind of scared to travel to other countries just because there is a language barrier. Um, there's that almost like false propaganda of, you know, the other people are the enemy, you know, they're out to get you. And I know that's not how it works in real life, but like in this film, if I go to Europe, I'm going to get fucking killed. Like, that's my mindset. You know, like if, if I go somewhere where I'm not familiar and I'm kind of like foreign and and I have, I don't know the language and, and this and that, I'm going to feel like such an outsider and I'm going to fucking die. Like, that's just what I think is going to happen. And and it sucks because I know, obviously, I'm not going to die. Well, I mean, I will, you know, but maybe not in Europe. So, but eventually, <laughs> yeah, time will tell. Um, wow, it got dark. All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just I think Hostel and Hostel 2 are very important in mid 2000s horror. So, I mean, mad props to Eli Roth again, doing a whole episode on him. I think it was very important um, in horror history. Yeah, I fully agree with you, man. That's, you said it perfectly, honestly. Cause it, and it does. Like, I, I think it works both ways, too. I think you know, for us going overseas to, like you said, countries we don't know or, you know, it's not UK, of course, but ones that we're not really sure what goes on there. People from over there coming over here, especially, this is a whole different land for them, too. So it all it goes both ways. Like I said, we're not knocking anyone that lives in Europe or anyone that lives, you know, not in the U.S. But it's just the fact of going somewhere where you're not comfortable knowing where you are and the language barrier being you know, a crutch, you know, try, trying to make it through rather than knowing where you are and knowing how to communicate, no, communicate with someone. So, but um, yeah, I agree. 
So it's scary. Very. Of course, I want to do some of that stuff to you later on tonight. So we'll uh, see how that goes. Yeah, um, earlier. Yeah, good. All right. Tell Rachel to take a hike. Uh, Bean, hit it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into our next pick, sir. Uh, why don't you uh, let us know what you have at number three? Number three. Pancakes. Pancakes. No pancakes. Edward Salad Hands just grope Josh. <laughs> oh, my God. I can smell my friend being but, you know, I, I always looked at horror movies like an art form. And if you've truly done your job, people are so disturbed that they think you actually killed those people. So, very interestingly enough, my first producer credit pick at number three, I've got Clown. Ooh, nice one. All right. Good deal. Yes. Now. Okay, so, yeah, people that are listening, uh, Eli Roth did not direct this film. Uh, it was directed by John Watts of obviously, you know, Eli Roth being the stigmatic character he is, he's all over the box cover, you know, he, his name's on the front. So that's the thing with Eli Roth, man. He's mostly a producer. Like I, like I said, he produced, what was it? Like a fucking shit ton of movies compared to his directing credits. So just having his name associated with any film is going to automatically boost it, you know, by tenfold. Sure. So, mm-hmm. We got Clown. Let's talk about Clown. Now, we definitely talked about this film in our Clown episode from season one with due credit. I mean, this film is just creepy as hell. And um, it's one of those films where it is actually more kind of impactful than you would imagine. You know, you just put on – it's about this guy who just puts on a clown suit for his son's birthday party and he can't take it off. And he slowly starts turning into a – this demonic presence that this – putting the suit on somehow turns him into, and it sounds dumb, I know, but the way they work it is so well done. You know, his nose is stuck on, so he goes to rip it off, and it actually rips his skin off, and it's mm. terrifying. It's very claustrophobic that he can't get this, like, thing off, and it sucks, and and they actually kind of pumped it, a whole lore into this film that isn't even real. So they have, like, this demonic character called the Cloyne. Uh, oh, you know, a hit off of Clown, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was a real thing watching the film. I looked it up afterwards, and it's not. So, um, yeah, it added this whole lore, and it turned it into it turned him into a unicorn almost at the end. You got to look the 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 transformation in this film. That's what it's all about, man. It's masterfully done. the The special effects department is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. He looks like someone that is just through hell, and yep. and obviously it takes him to a such a dark place that there's a scene. Um, I don't want to give away too much, but he tries to off himself. Mm-hmm. And oh God. Yes. The classic scene. He, uh, uh, this might be a spoiler. So beware, maybe, you know, fast forward 15 seconds. He shoots himself in the head and like rainbow blood splatters out. And I think that that's so like impactful because one, it kind of breaks up the seriousness a little bit. And two, it just kind of goes into that how, that whole clown thing that makes it very interesting. You know, it, it's it's very kind of comedic but serious at the same time, and, and it kind of goes into the whole aspect of he can't kill himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna get a little dark again here, but like that is kind of one of the things that scares me the most is having to live forever. Now that sounds very interesting to a lot of people, and that would be a very impactful poll, I think of. You know, would you want to live forever? Because you have to think of things, man. You're going to have to work for the rest of your life. You're going to have to, you know, get money for the rest of your life. And you can't just sustain just by surviving. You know, you have to be battered in in everything that life has to offer. Again, living's great. Don't get me wrong. Not getting too dark. But 
the thought of being stuck, you know, in yeah. your your body limit, you know, forever, that's just kind of something that always freaked me out. So, for instance, Groundhog Day, um, Bill Murray, you know, he's stuck in this time loop and he can't get out of it. And, and he even tries to, you know, kill himself in that. And he can't. And that, that's something that has always scared me. So, all right, let's liven it back up a little bit. Um, <laughs> he kills kids. <laughs> so, yeah. Not livening it up yeah. too much, but that's what I liked yeah. about this film too, was it wasn't too too afraid to go there. Um, I know someone like you, you know, who, who has children, obviously it's going to, that might be, be probably too much. Uh, and honestly, rightfully so, but um, I don't have any children. So, you know, I, I'm like, yeah, fuck them kids up, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whether that sounds kind of fucked up. Don't, I mean, yeah. Don't fuck the kids gonna, up. I believe that like it is, buddy. I mean, you know, hate, hate mail to Kevin at. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, man. Shit. I didn't. Wow. Okay. But, um, yeah, I, I, I like Clown a lot. It's directed by a guy named John Watts, who I think deserves some credit. He deserves to have his name on the cover instead of, I'm not going to say instead of Eli Roth, but yeah, a great all-around movie, yeah. a lot of fun. Um, It's on Netflix, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So if you haven't seen this yet, check it out there. Definitely, yeah. It's Like I said, it's it's a great film. It's a very fantastic film. I loved it. So yeah, I may be talking about it later on. Who knows? We'll see. Um, but yeah, you're, I, everything you said, I echo. So well, well said. Uh, I'm going to surprise some people with my number three pick. Um, yeah, and it's, I'll explain why in a second. So my number three pick is 2019's Haunt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I'm not, people know me, I'm not a huge fan of current horror. I'm really not. Um, for some reason, this one really struck a chord with me. Like, I don't know, I saw it uh, when it first came out and really just kind of, I don't want to say fall in love with it because that's a little strong. But I really enjoyed this film a lot. Like it, you know, I love haunted houses. I love you know, scaring myself. I love you know all this stuff. So it, it, it drew me in. Um, but it, I don't know. It, just, it was just a very decent, very good film. Uh, a lot of the actors aren't very well known, um, so you don't have that stigma attached to it. Of you know, well, what's what's this well known actor going to bring to the table? You just have these kids that are going to this haunted house, and then shit goes fucking awry. Um, it's your typical you know high school slash pre college college film. Uh, the same bullshit drama that always happens in every you know teenage film. So, so they set the characters up in the fact of okay, let's tell a bit about them. At the same point, you don't give a fuck because you just want to see them die. So it's like, all right, you know, so we've we've set these characters up perfectly, you know. So that that in itself got me intrigued. Like, all right, cool. So I don't give a fuck about these guys, but yet you do know something about them. So it's not like you're totally disconnected, but at the same time, you want to see them get fucked up. And, um, but like, I just think it's a it's a very well made film. Uh, the, the camera angles and the way it's shot, uh, the dark parts, the light parts, it all kind of works together in, in kind of creating this haunted house and this warehouse way the fuck, you know, in the middle of the fucking nowhere. Um, then why would you go out there with no other cars around and just walk in? I don't understand that. But anyway, that goes, it goes to the point of kids are fucking dumb. Yeah, I was one of those kids too. So I'm not saying that kids, you know, you listening are dumb, but I mean, come on, we make some dumb decisions when we were young. So um, I don't know. I just, I think that, you know, it's light. Like I said, another lighthearted film gone fucking awry with Eli Roth at the helm. You know, him producing this shit just kind of goes to his. You know, the way he can take a lighthearted situation and fuck it up. And I think he or he didn't direct it, but I think he had a big hand in it. I think that's because it goes along with his repertoire of movies. Um, but on a house, and you go in, and you know, 
she's going great. You know, you see some things you think, oh, that looks real, but oh, it's just a haunted house. So it's all fake. You know, the girl getting her, her face burned by the pot poker, you know, don't know if it's real or not. And then, of course, they go into a couple rooms. And, and of course, they go into the room with the, the holes in the wall. And let's go into a, a warehouse, haunted house, and see some holes in the wall and just stick our arms in real deep. Let's just do that because <laughs> nothing can go wrong with that. You know, even if it is a lighthearted haunted house, you know, Something can go wrong. And of course, obviously it does go wrong and I won't say what happens, but something does go wrong in that. Um, but like, it's just a slow descent into fuck, you know, we thought this was all innocent and then we thought it may be something fucked up, but now we can't get out. We're stuck. We can't get out of this place. And then they kind of give you a false sense of security with one of the actual actors kind of helping them out. You're like, okay, well, it's not as bad as we think it is. Okay. They're going to get out of here. Well, no, it turns out all of them are, these, you know, sadistic, fucked up people with, you know, they're all body mods and they, you know, people have you know, messed up their faces and whatnot and are really getting into this whole haunt thing, and which I'm all for, but let's not kill people. You know, it's just, that's a little bit more. Just rain in just a little bit. Let's calm down a little bit. Um, but I think it's, it, it's a well-developed film. I think it goes out throughout the film. Things are kind of obvious. They do things they shouldn't do, but they're almost forced into doing those things. So you think, well, I would have done that. Well, look at your alternative. You know, is your alternative any better than what you would have done? Of course, you wouldn't go to the thing in the first place, but once you're in, I guess you kind of kind of take it, you know, to fruition. So, uh, but I think the ending is very, very well done. Um, I won't say what, it, what happens because I don't, have you seen it before, Kevin? Have you seen Haunt? I have, yes. All right, but anyway, I just won't ruin it for people who haven't seen it because it's definitely a decent ending, uh, very poignant, so to speak. But uh, I just think it's a well well done film. So, uh, if, what you know, what do you think about it? Do you want to expand on it or? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good movie for sure. Um, it's definitely a modern slasher movie that kind of stands up above the rest. And and like you said, there's the ending is really good. There's so there's some twists in there for sure. And looking from the cover. You see, like, some masks, and then you see Eli Roth, obviously, you know, producing this film. He does have his footprint in it. You don't really expect much. And this this film is streaming on Shudder, by the way, so if anyone wants to see it. And then when you watch it, it's it's a good slasher film, for sure. Yeah, let's say it's, it's just – Eli Roth has his hand in it, you can tell, big time. So, like I said, and the, and the way it's shot, too, I just love, the, like, the dark span. Of course, you said earlier he was colorblind in, in dark light, and that kind of brings – brings it even more to me the fact of how well it's done because like i don't know man i know he didn't drive i don't need to direct it but still like it's just the fact of uh him just getting behind something like this and going yeah i can't really see the shit out of this movie but hey it looks great go ahead and put it out there <laughs> but, <laughs> you know but um no the characters are just well like the, especially the characters the actors for the haunt uh Donut House just are just phenomenal so i just love them but masks are fantastic i want some of those masks definitely so um yeah, just a very well-made film. So, uh, all right, let's, uh, let's get to number two, man. I'm excited to hear what your top two are because I, I literally have no idea what they're going to be. So I'm excited yeah, to find out. This is fun. Hell yeah, dude. All right, man, let's get into <laughs> it. Number two. Pancakes. Pancakes. No pancakes. Edward Salad Hands just groped Josh. <laughs> oh, my God, I can smell my friend being cooked. But, you know, I, I always looked at horror movies like an art form. And if you've truly done your job, people are so disturbed that they think you actually kill those people. So I've got probably universally one of Eli Roth's most highly touted films, Cabin Fever. 
Oh, nice. Okay. Excellent. The remake. Oh, what? Just kidding. It's the original. <laughs> oh, I said, like, what the fuck, dude? I was going to say, Brandon's going to have your head on a fucking stick like in Green Inferno, I man. Know. Holy shit. Now, um, let me briefly talk about that real quick. So, Cabin Fever released in 2002. It had a remake from, like, 2017, I think. The remake's on Netflix, actually. So, if you want to watch it, check it there. It is, like, right. pretty much a, not shot-for-shot shot remake, but it's just a complete kind of resemblance and, and of a retelling of the same story. And it's weird because it's only 15 years difference. You know, like, usually you don't remake films. It's, like, a 25-year barrier or, like, 20 years, I believe, you, you know, you expect like the, all the 80s slasher films being remade. It took like 30 years yeah. to do all those. So mm-hmm. to have a, a movie that, I mean, by, I mean, obviously it's my number two. I, I really like this movie a lot. It's not really like classic territory. You know, why would it be remade? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, okay. Let me talk about the movie now. Cabin Fever <laughs> 2002. This is Eli Roth's directorial debut. Obviously his mm-hmm. first of seven. Um, What's not to say about this one, man? This movie's gross. This movie's fun. You know, these kids go to a cabin, and then there's, this, like, this virus, this flesh-eating virus that, like, gets into them, and and it uh, and it's, it's just gross. It, it's awful. And there's a lot of, no, like, noticeable actors in this film. You have Ryder Strong, who I believe was in um, Boy Meets World. That's yes. what it was, right? James DeBello, yeah. obviously, who was in uh, Detroit Rock City. I'm a huge Detroit Rock City fan. Oh, Serena Vincent. Movie. Yes! Let's let's do an episode just on Detroit Rock City. How does that sound? Yeah, let's do it, man. I'm a game. Let's game. <laughs> um, Serena Vincent, who actually played the Yellow Power Ranger in a movie and was in a film called It Waits from I believe 2011. Um, it's fucking terrible. It's one of the worst films I've ever seen. Don't watch it. Um, <laughs> so this film's got a little bit of star power, and it, it's a lot of fun, man. It's one of those films that is very serious. And the entire film is 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 kind of serious, but it's also got that comedic background, and it's what really set Eli Roth up to the success of what he is today. You know, he released this film, and people were like, "Wow, this is a force to be reckoned with." And it's just, it's gross, it's fun. It's one of those films where it's just like I let the film speak for itself. You know, there's nothing really anything I can say to boost it up or derail it. You know, drag it down. So this is one that anybody has to see. You know, it's an, another one that is. You ask someone their favorite Eli Roth film, typically they'd say the original Cabin Fever. Or I would imagine a lot of people would say Hostel just because of its popularity. But True. just solid all around. That's all, all I really got to yeah. say. Yeah, I I agree. Can't uh, argue anything you just said. Um, cool. Well, I, well, so my top two, I really had a tough time with this one because my number two and number one were almost interchangeable uh, for me. Like there, I'm also, I wish I could tie for number one because they're both really, really good films, but I'll just have to put this number two because I think the other film is just slightly better for a certain reason. I'll get that in a second. But my number two film is Knock Knock. Um, have you seen this film before, Kev? You know I have not. Oh, shit, dude. You got to watch this sometime. It's, dude, it's good. I, I, won't, I won't give away too much so you can enjoy it. I'm sure, and I'm sure a lot of people haven't seen this film before, so I won't give away too much. Um, the, the bare premise of this film, Keanu Reeves, is a loving father. He's uh, he's one of those guys that, you know, kind of knows a lot of stuff and has a lot of, you know, cloud and his wife is a artist and they have two kids and uh, they're going to go off on this little vacation. And he's like, I'm going to stick around and do some work and, you know, I'll meet you guys up there, whatever, or, you know, whatever, all that, blah, blah, blah. Well, gets a knock at the door and it's two like young girl, younger, younger girls, but younger girls, but I want young, but younger girls. And 
they need to use his phone because their Uber dropped him off. This, you know, this course is Uber first came out, but they could drop him off the wrong place. And so they kind of hang around and, um, they end up, sometimes I'm giving too much away here. <laughs> they kind of pull him into a situation that he should not be in. Like he should just not be in a situation at all. Well, he, you know, kind of goes with it. And then they fucking rock his world to the fucking core. Um, it is, it is a, it's not a horror film, but it is very terrifying for the fact of, again, I say that for the third time, it's a very simple situation. Someone shows up at your door, they need your phone. It's almost like a home invasion film, pretty much what it is. And, you know, shit happens. Like shit goes off the rails and fucking goes crazy. Um, the, the two lead actresses is of course, like I said earlier, um, uh, Lorenzo Izzo and, uh, Ana de Armas, Armas. She's in a few films. Uh, what else is she in? I think she's been in a few like action films. I think, uh, let me tell you, she was in, uh, well, she was in knives out recently, the blade runner, uh, remake. Um, I think she was in, she was in a couple of, uh, war dogs was another good, another great film. Uh, but she's just, she's a very good actress though. Um, but like, I don't know. They just, just very believable, very, like, I don't know, man. It's just this movie fucks me up. I'm telling you, I don't want to get, I don't want to give anything away because I, I just, I really, if you haven't seen this film before, please go watch it because it is a, interesting. The acting is really good. Uh, it just takes a simple situation and really turns it on its head to where you're just like, fuck this. I can't even imagine doing something like this or going through something like this. Um, but yeah, so yeah, like I, I said, I don't want to give too much away. You really do because, like I said, I don't, I, it's one of those films that if you could talk too much about it, you're going to give away all the little secrets and, and all the stuff that happens in it that you want to see on screen for the first time. And I, that's one of my pet peeves is someone ruining a film for me. So I don't want to do that this time. So I'm just going to leave it at that and just move like, like the, and I think the, um, uh, what the hell? Uh, yeah. Uh, Aaron Burns, the guy that plays uh, Jonah in Green Inferno is in this movie as well. Oh, no and shit. He, yeah. And he does a great job at his character too. It's, uh, it's phenomenal. So yeah. That's my just, boy. Uh, yeah, and it's a very small cast. Like it's, I think it's what, like 10, 12 people, maybe 10 people in the entire movie. But mainly it's just Keanu Reeves and then these two other girls. Like it's just a very, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's just very realistic too. Like that's what gets, gets to me so much. This movie is so realistic and this really could happen to somebody. So, um, but Keanu is awesome. I love Keanu Reeves. He's one of my favorite actors of all time. Uh, plays just a great role in this. He's very believable. Um, oh yeah. I'm so, a yeah. huge Keanu Reeves fan too. I'm telling you, John Wick. Oh my God, that's just that's all kind of stiff. He's going on that film, so uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, still, I really wanted to watch that for this episode, but like, I, I could have sworn it was on Netflix. I remember it being on Netflix. I remember scrolling past it all, all the time. It's I could not find it anywhere to watch. I really wanted to watch it. Yeah, you should, you should hit me up, man. I can hook you up. I have my eye patch off of this one too. So yeah, yeah, I'm, you're so. the pirate. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link for it so you can watch it and check it out because it's definitely a good film to watch. I mean, there, there are some scenes where you might not want to watch it with kids around or even your girlfriend around maybe, but, uh, oh, you know, I mean, it'd be like that, huh? Oh, I mean, you know, it is what it is, brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but who knows, you know, your girlfriend might watch, watch it with you. I like it, so who knows? Yeah, who knows? Anyway, uh, yeah, so I think we've arrived at our number one picks, my friend. Are you, uh, you ready to share and see what we got? Uh, feels good to be here. Yeah, yeah, dude. Let's get on to it, man. Number one. Pancakes! Pancakes! No pancakes. Edward Salad Hands just grubbed Josh. 
Oh my god, I can smell my friend being But you know, I, I always looked at horror movies like an art form. And if you've truly done your job, people are so disturbed that they think you actually killed those people. At number one, my favorite Eli Roth film of all time is Haunt. Oh, nice, dude. Yes. Hell yeah. Yes. Fuck yeah. No, I tried downplaying it. I didn't want to give my hand. Um, you, did, you did a great job at that, seriously. Thank wow. you. Thank you. Uh, this film is fucking great. I almost had a heart attack yeah. saying it was just good earlier. Um, <laughs> this was my favorite film from last year. Yeah, easily. Um, It's one of those, you look, like I mentioned, you look at the cover, you don't think it's going to be anything too crazy. You watch it, it is just a great horror film all around i really wish that this had the budget that maybe hellfest got hellfest was yeah. another one that i oh. i liked a lot a lot a lot, a lot. I, did, I didn't i didn't like it you at didn't all, like man. it no um, there's just something about that like haunted house slasher thing that i fucking love and and i just well, love the I, colors in hellfest and everything go ahead i did too I, I did too but like i just i don't think they pulled it off well but that's of course that's just preference my preference but uh yeah i just didn't think they pulled it off as well as they could have like this one pulled off a lot better for me so yeah, I, I just could imagine if, if Haunt had that same kind of budget and got that theatrical release that Hellfest did. Um, It just really made me excited for what horror can still be. You know, a lot of people think modern horror is dead and this and that, but Haunt, it's one of those films, like I said, man, you just scroll past that cover, you're, you're not going to think anything of it. You put that motherfucker on, man, it is a good slasher movie. Like, the kills are gnarly. Some are CGI-aided, which, which is probably my biggest detractor with modern horror movies so that, right. that that is kind of a bummer but the twist man and then you find out who these people are behind the masks and it's just this whole kind of thing that is very prevalent in modern society what these people are and have done and this and that i again i don't want to tell people too much because i went into it blind and it it didn't blow me away or anything but i was like fuck man that's gnarly like that's cool that that like these people look the way they do and, and of course yeah. the mask list reveal the unmasking is yeah. is is fire just just wait mm -hmm. just go check it out it's streaming on shutter i was man i can't explain how shook i was by this i just threw it on not thinking anything of it and i watched it twice within 24 hours and, and i've only done Damn. that once before and that was with mandy which you know oh. yes mm -hmm. you know how much of a horror fan or horror fan self-righteous yeah. over here you know how much of a fan i am of of mandy like that's obviously my favorite film of all time so yep yep the uh two films in 24 hours is definitely highly touted in uh my eyes you know if i watch you twice in 24 hours you're you're a good fucking movie so well you watch me like you know four or five times in a day so i mean if maybe six oh damn i yeah. moved up all right sweet yes you did um, right. i mean i'm just trying to yeah everything that you said about Haunt was spot on. It's criminal that this movie does not have a Blu-ray release. I do not own a physical copy of this movie, and it's pissing me off because yeah, me too. Like it doesn't make me too mad because I do have Shutter, and I like I can't I could throw it on right now if I wanted to, but it's just not the same. You know, you just want to fucking hold this thing in your hands, and you want to just kind of like you know shove it in inside of yourself. Um, but yeah, I know I've seen it before. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> sideways Ooh, well, i damn. feel like i feel like inserting like a movie inside of you every way is sideways you know like there's no good way to go about it it's just bad well, I mean, the other, you know, like you know one side's thicker than the other so i guess it would be kind of weird something sideways but i mean yeah there's like no tapered method so it's just bad from the start um yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. But yeah. That took a weird turn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually really stoked to talk about this movie, though, because I haven't really had a reason to talk about this one at all prior no. to right now i don't i don't think we mentioned it at all I, maybe nope. i did once or twice i can't remember i don't i don't think you have honestly i think this is the first time we've ever mentioned this film so yeah uh but yeah like you like you nailed it dude it's just one of those that, that i was really surprised about and i was really excited that it was actually a really good film and uh we watched i think we watched it right around halloween or something like that it was a while back but yeah i really enjoyed it and i was like i'm gonna rewatch it for this and i did i'm glad i did because it, it was a very good film so um yeah well I guess we're on to my number one. Uh, my number one film is his directorial debut, Cabin Fever. The original. Solid choice. Yes, dude. Like this movie, and I, the reason the reason it didn't come in at number two and not not didn't do number one is the fact I think Cabin Fever, Not Knock is more of a serious film. There's not a lot, a lot of a comedic value to it. There's a little bit, but I think Cabin Fever does that perfect balance of comedy and horror and gore and you know just situational stuff just very very well. It's a very well balanced film. Um, you know, it, it starts off, it's, it's a snowball. Effect. I call it a snowball effect because it starts off and then it just, things just add up and add up and add up and add up to this, you know, scene where the guy shows up at the door and you're like, holy fuck, you know, this, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And I don't know. I just, I love the fact that, of course, I'll be like, like Eli Roth showing up in it with Dr. Mambo, you know, <laughs> that fucking scene every time to love that. Come on, Dr. Mambo, let's go. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I just love the fact of how, gross it is like it's just like i said that scene with uh her shaving her leg oh my god i can't even say it without getting cringy just, yeah, but it's just um gross. dude just i never it's you know the, the fact of just skin peeling off and the scene where you know Ryder strong character and, the, and his girl you know the girl he wants to get involved with you know she she she's got she you know she's not feeling well so she goes like down with him and like he goes to kind of you know get up with her and everything and they're kind of kissing everything and he puts his hand down between her legs and you're expecting that to be a very you know tender and you know you know just intimate situation and then you hear like like the, the sound the sound foley in this movie is just oh my god like you just you're you know that's that that you know juicy sound <laughs> don't you ever know. make that noise again <laughs> <laughs> yes i'm gonna tell oh, um, but, but he, pull, he pulls his hand up and sees dude that's just terrifying that's absolutely terrifying um the paranoia in this movie is fucking amazing. It just ratchets everything up to like a fucking 20 for me. Like, it's just, Oh, it's fucking perfect, dude. Um, but like, okay, to start the movie out though, you know, when they go to that, that gas station or whatever, and like the little, the kid sitting on the, on the bench and he fucking just bites dude. I'm like, what the fuck, man? And the guy's like, we're going out back. I know the fucking dickhole, dude. But like, you know, he bites him. He goes, I'll go out into the stream in the back and wash your hand off. Who's going to go to a fucking stream and wash your hand out when it's been bit? What? Really? Like, I don't know. That makes no sense to me. That's almost like sticking your arm in a hole, you know, and seeing what happens. That's just whatever. It is what it is. Um, yeah, and the, the, the fucking story they tell around the campfire about the guy, you know, uh, hacking up all the, the employees at the bowling alley. I fucking love that shit, dude. That's one of my favorite stories, like, around a campfire I've ever heard in my life. Like, when he's bowling, bowling with the body parts, I just, I just it's still comedic, but it's so fucked up at the same time. I just love it. Um, I don't know, man. Just this whole film, just, it's just great. Uh, the fact of, you know, the guy getting in the, in the truck, you know, trying to steal the truck and he's just throwing up blood everywhere. I just, God, dude. And again, again, this film, talk, going back and talking about being relevant, this film is so relevant right now. Like, I can't even stress that fact of how paranoid we all are about other people. Okay, just the other day, I was in the post office and I was talking to one of my good friends. 
And they said, uh, it was very silent in there. And they, I was putting mail some tapes. I was selling some tapes online. And they said, uh, hey, hey if, you st- if, you still, if you still think I'm cool, you know, cough or, or sneeze or something like that. And not even thinking about it, I just go, achoo. Dude, I looked up and everyone in that place was staring at me. I'm oh, talking every single person had their eyes on me. And I go, oh, shit. Like, I should not have done that. <laughs> but, you know, I was like, oh, fuck. I was really not good to do that. But, like, I've seen this the film is just so relevant right now. It's just watching this going, damn, like, this this is just right next door. This is right down the street. This is at the grocery store right down the street from me. Like, it's the, the paranoia is just everywhere. And um, I don't know, man, just the way that kind of Ryder Strong's character, too, kind of becomes this, you know, he starts off real meek and real, you know, uh, inverted and, you know, not knowing what to do just to become this badass at the end. that's just trying to get out and live. And, you know, just his character arc is amazing. Um, kind of reminds me of the character arc in Christine. So, you know, but, um, I don't know, just, just a phenomenal film just from start to finish. I just, I just, I really love it. And Brandon, this is a, this is a love note to you, man. You know, you turn me on to this film and you just turn me on period. So yeah, I was about to say you, you were leading up to that perfectly. Yeah. So, <laughs> there you go. Um, I don't know, just go. Why have you ever seen Cabin Fever? What the fuck is wrong with you? And Knock Knock too. Don't go watch and Haunt. Of and Haunt. Yeah, these. yeah, add that one. Yeah. The fuck is wrong with you? Go watch all these films. And Eli Roth is just a phenomenal director, producer, just guy in general. Like the history of horror was just amazing. Of course, it impacted us, you know, immensely. So uh, we think very highly of you, Eli Roth, sir. Yes, and, and it's been a lot of fun to just kind of go through his discography and. Or filmography, whatever the fuck you want to say. Um, and <laughs> he's got a lot of gems and not a lot of stinkers, in my opinion. Um, yep. y- you know, with obviously our previous episode, John Carpenter, I had a couple films that I was not a huge fan of. Well, obviously, right. you know, because he has an expanded film list. He's got made a lot more movies, three times as many. Mm-hmm. Um, so doing this one, it, w- it was a lot of fun to kind of go through all these films and and go the modern route, you know, modern history and, and see what these new horror films are doing for the genre as a whole. And and so it was just a lot of fun and to talk about a lot of the movies that he's done and the impact that he's had. And, and, um, obviously how the hell are we going to finish this episode without talking about bear Jew? Oh, dude, I'm telling you, man, that movie. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, I mean, I mean, I want to include it in this, but it's not really a horror film. So I was yeah. like, all right, I guess I can't really include it. But yeah, I do want to talk about it, though, because it is a phenomenal, phenomenal film. Oh, my God, dude. It's, yeah. it's great. For the list, uh, Inglorious oh. Bastards. Uh, yes. I think 2008 or 2009. Great mm-hmm. movie. Obviously, a World War II movie. Honestly, it's it's a Quentin Tarantino film. So you have a lot of dialogue, di- dialogue, dialogue heavy <laughs> scenes. Um, you have a lot of time spent in one setting um but dude it's brilliant i love this that movie so much um honestly yeah it it is possibly one of the best films that eli roth has been involved with i know he he wasn't really involved in any of the the writing and whatnot which is actually funny because the the hugo stiglitz um little like segment in the middle where Mm. it's like kind of like comic booky or whatever he actually excuse me he actually directed that okay cool Cool. Yeah, so that. it was almost like a like a Robert Rodriguez directing stab inside of Scream Two situation going on. Right, right. That is brilliant, man. That is fucking brilliant. I just that film. Just I, I need to watch it tonight. Actually, I mean, I'll throw that in and watch that because I haven't seen that in forever. Yeah, um, he just, he put on twenty pounds of muscle for that role too. 
Damn, you looked j- jacked. I'm you, you looked jacked in that film. Yeah, so, fucking hit that dude's head. That would have been a home run. You'd so definitely, dude. God, I'm going to watch it now. Fuck. Um, uh, let's wrap this. Let's wrap this up so I can go. <laughs> yes, goodbye, um, Bear Jew. Yeah, goodbye. Um, just some some of the movies we can talk about. Uh, 2001 Maniacs. He produced that film, of course. That's a Robert England joint. Uh, it, it's an interesting film. It really is. It has a slasher-esque feel to it. Uh, but I don't know. Something about it just doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't flow well yeah. for me. Yeah, I don't yeah. dislike it, but I don't really like it either. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's. I mean, Robert, of course, is brilliant. In everything he's in, I love everything he's in because he's Lynch in Shea as well. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, I just, uh, yeah, take it or leave it. I mean, go check it out if you love Eli Roth films or you just love Robert England. Go check it out just for that. Those reasons only. Uh, but like I said, it wasn't one of the better films that he did, so I just couldn't couldn't uh, involve it. Uh, a movie that I talked about in our um, found footage, uh, Last Exorcism, another great film he did. Um, he, he produced that too, of course, he did direct it. Um, but that's another good film he was involved in. I really enjoyed that film a lot. One of the better found footage films I've ever seen. Um, I agree. That was on your list too, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was, like I said, it was just a great film. So go definitely, I won't go into these, you know, what's in this film, but just go check them out. Um, what was it? Reverend Cotton Marcus or something? Yeah. Something. See, Cotton something. Yeah, I, can't oh, last, I love the name week. of Cotton. Like who names their kid uh, that? I, I mean, well, Cotton Weary and Scream. So it's like, go. this is my son, Cotton, and my daughter, Polyester, you know? <laughs> like, that's- oh, damn. Wow. Um, another movie he's involved in. Um, or I'm talking the movie. It was a short he actually did that I really found really really good was uh, Chainsaw. Have you seen that movie, the short Chainsaw? No. Do you go look up on uh, YouTube? That's a really 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 good short. Uh, a lot of gore in that one too, but really really good. So definitely go check that. out. He, he executive produced that, but it was a really really good one. So yeah, I'll uh, do that. Definitely go check that out. Um, he also co-produced Baywatch, the remake with uh, The Rock, which I found very interesting. Um, you know, I like that more than I should probably. Yeah, it was it was it was funny. It was very funny. So I will give that. But yeah, just, I mean, other than just the humor factor, I was like, uh, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, so definitely go go just watch all the Eli, Eli Roth's films because uh, he is just the fucking gem in the uh, the horror community. So go check him out. Yeah, so uh, check out his documentary too, uh, History of Horrors. I don't know where you can watch yes. it. Um, it's out there somewhere. Either. Check it out. I think it's uh, try amc.com. They may, may be on the website possibly. So go, go check that out. I'll go, I'll look at it and see if I can find it and post it in our story. Uh, so people can check it out. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. And also uh, sometimes I forgot to, you know, of course let's wrap all that up. Something I forgot to mention last episode is we are now, uh, on YouTube, uh, our, the first full season of, uh, the history of horror type, Episodes we have are now all on YouTube right now. I'm working on the second season as we speak. So, um, yeah, go check us out on YouTube. If you can't listen any other way, YouTube seems to be a good a good alternative. I had some people ask me why we aren't on YouTube, and I said, well, then I'll have to put us on YouTube then. So go check <laughs> it out. Now we are. You know, we are. Uh, you can also see our uh, our very first uh, common film commentary with our good buddy Walker Horror uh, looking at uh, Demon Wind. So go check that out. Uh, but yeah, season two should be up here pretty soon. Uh, we just finished all that. I'm going to go back and put those up, uh, especially, and get that going. Um, of course, got to shout out the patrons again. You guys, amazing. Just I'm so touched and flattered. And they do even want to want to throw money at us. So uh, just thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Up. Thank you very much. 
And uh, so all the people that bought our merch too off our merch store or TeePublic, uh, you can find the link for that, especially in our uh, on our Instagram pages. Um, go check that out. Uh, if you want to become a patron too, everything is in the link. Just click the link and uh, it lists out everything we're, we're involved in. So also you can find the, uh, the the podcast in there too. It links to all your different apps and stuff to, to listen to us as well too. So go check that out. Um, Got to do some uh, podcast shout outs, of course, Alone in the Dark podcast. Fucking amazing guys. You guys are just kicking ass every single day. I just I love you guys to death. Uh, and uh, Tennessee Horror News. Oh, I'm sorry. Tennessee Horror Basement and the TN Horror News Network. Uh, thank you guys again for like, allowing us to be on your network and just getting us out there to the masses. And we just really appreciate you guys so much. Uh, Dolls of Horror, again. You know, our, uh, I call it our sister show because they're our sisters, <laughs> but, uh, from another Vista. <laughs> so we really do appreciate you guys and, uh, keep doing what you're doing. You guys are awesome. And last but not least, uh, a podcast on Elm Street. Again, these guys are cranking them out left and right. So go check these guys out. They have a phenomenal show, uh, great chemistry. So just uh, go check them out as well. Um, let's plug each other up or ourselves up or have you to plug it up. Just plug it up. Um, you can find us on Instagram at It's Horror Podcast. Uh, the same for uh, Facebook. As I say something else there, I uh, say on Facebook. Fuck <laughs> Twitter. Oh, you beat me to it. Look at you. <laughs> I, uh, uh, first time ever. First time, yeah, really, first time ever. You beat me to it. Wow. So yeah, fuck Twitter in the stinky, crusty asshole. Um, oh. I didn't paint a picture for you. Nothing will. Um, my personal, <laughs> my personal Instagram is uh, Old Man Ghostface, and yours is Slashing Captain. Hell yeah. And we also want to give a shout out to our boy Adam as well. He helps us out with a lot of stuff. He actually made the intro for our YouTube stuff. So uh, you can find him at scares and terrors all spelled out. Uh, appreciate you, Adam, very much. So uh, you just made this show even better. So yes. Love you, buddy. Yeah. Love you, dude. Oh, uh, the wings are ready. <laughs> 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 Hell yeah. Uh, it's almost dinner time. So I, we're definitely going to wrap this up. Uh, but the second episode has been great. I really am just so glad to be back, uh, giving a podcast to you guys, serving it up hot and ready. So, um, just like, just like my boy Kevin over there, hot and ready. And just like little Caesars. <laughs> Ooh, little, little Caesars. All right. Little Caesars. All right. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm going delusional here. So I'm just going to wrap it up by saying my name is Wes. And I'm going to tell you guys what we're doing next week. <laughs> oh shit yeah. wow i was so enamored by that by, by that alarm i was like fuck food's ready <laughs> i'm sorry yes please tell us what we're doing next week so we started off this uh season with a kind of an an older era director and then this episode was obviously a newer we're gonna take it back again a little farther than john carpenter we're gonna go with someone who has some films in the 70s we're gonna go with the giallo master himself dario argento Hell yeah, dude. I'm excited about this. It's going to be iffy with me because I'm not too keen on this, but I'm going to really give it a shot and really look at some films that I haven't looked at before and revisit some ones I haven't, you know, kind of put off. So I'm excited. Yes. Italian movies and Giallo movies aren't really your, your primary thing, but uh, I think rewatching these, you're going to have a good time. I'm, I'm extremely stoked to talk about these ones. It's going to be a great episode. Good. I'm excited too, man. I can't wait. All right. So now. We can wrap this episode up because I am starving like Marvin. Um, <laughs> but, okay, let's just do it before I pass out. Uh, I got to take my pill and pudding cup too. So, uh, anyway, my name is Wes. I'm Kevin. And we'll see you next time. See ya.
Don't let her live. I won't, Jason. I won't. <laughs> <laughs>